Okay, let's make a start. I'm going to pray, and then um, we'll begin. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this day. Thank you that you've given us a day to quiet ourselves, to not be anxious about the uh, troubles of the world, to not be anxious about what we can achieve, but to look to you, our creator, to look to you, our saviour, to look to you, our friend. We thank you so much, almighty God, that you speak to us. And we thank you that you not only want to save us, but you want to make us wise for our salvation. Make us wise today, we pray. Help us to grow in our faith in Christ. Help us to live in a way that is consistent with our hope in Christ. Help me now to to speak and teach clearly. Help us to listen well, to understand well. Father, we pray that your spirit would humble our hearts. Would we be like those people who hunger for you? And would your word be sweet food to our mouths? Fill our spiritual stomachs and help us to live for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> okay, well, welcome to um, our second and our last session on fasting. Um, if you didn't come last week, then I'm hoping today will still make sense. But um, fasting is not something that um, certainly all Christians take for granted in the UK. So feel free to... Uh, listen online to last week. You can find it on the uh, Christchurch Central uh, podcast uh, app. Have a listen to that. But what I want to do is to start off just by summarising a little bit about what we did uh, last week. Much of today actually is going to be chatting in groups. So if you weren't here, then hopefully you'll sort of, uh, you'll catch it off those as we discuss questions. Um, But what I want to start off, just, just, yeah, recapping last week, and just to say, firstly, we're talking about Christian fasting, and the first thing to say is not all fasting is Christian. Not all fasting is Christian. We saw numerous ways in which uh, not always fasting was Christian, so we see fasting in many other religions and many other just cultural practices. I don't know if you remember, we, we thought about how people recorded fasting all over the world in sort of uh, native North America. Um, in the Pacific, uh, in Myanmar. All these places, people were fasting and it had absolutely nothing to do with Christianity. Uh, We see in the Bible um, that there is fasting that is actually people are fasting against the cause of Christ. Uh, People are fasting so that they can kill the Apostle Paul. Um, So just because we go without food, it doesn't mean it's fasting. And of course, if we talk about fasting, if you, I I haven't actually, well, I probably have done this in my time preparation. I can't remember what the results were. If you just Google fasting, the first thing that you're likely to come up with is not um, a Christian uh, website or a Christian article about fasting. It's probably going to be a secular article on dieting. So not all fasting is Christian, but there is such a thing as Christian fasting. Um, and again, I don't know if you remember, we looked at um, some of the texts. I mean, the two that I bring to mind uh, most keenly is the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is talking about um, how to fast. And it doesn't seem particularly hypothetical to Jesus. He says, when you fast, this is how to do it. When you fast, this is how to do it. And he sort of, he, he, uh, he brings fasting together uh, alongside um, prayer and alongside giving money. Two things that um, almost all Christians agree is a, is a good thing to do. So there is such a thing as Christian fasting. And then also then Jesus goes on a few chapters later in Matthew chapter 9. And people are asking why he isn't fasting. 
And uh, he tells them why he's not fasting. He says, look, because basically I'm here and fasting is a hunger for me. And uh, if I'm here, well, of course, you're not fasting because it would be to ignore the thing you're fasting for. He says, but there will be a time when they, talking about his disciples, will fast again. So fasting um, very much uh, can be a Christian thing. And what I just want to do is briefly think, well, rethink again through the mechanics of fasting. Um, Because I think this is incredibly helpful. Now, just to say again, you might not fully understand fasting. Again, that's not a reason necessarily not to fast. If you're convinced that fasting is in the scriptures, there's a sense which I just want to say, just go ahead and fast. Um, I'm not sure this is one of my... uh, questions later on it is one of my questions later on i won't say too much more about that um, but just think about the mechanics of fasting uh, why why do christians fast well it's what fasting does it creates humility in the person who's fasting and it leads them to a hunger for god it leads them uh, to a desire uh, for god to meet their hunger and again two uh, texts that show that um, deuteronomy 8 verse 3 Um, Moses is speaking to the people of Israel and he talks about um, he's recapping their salvation as they were saved miraculously uh, from Egypt um, as they went through the Red Sea the first thing they do is grumble and they groan spiritually they are babies and uh, this is what Moses says he says he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna in other words or other translations he said he humbled you Uh, by making you hunger there is a hunger that leads to humility Uh, again psalm 69 verse 10 this is david when i wept and humbled my soul with fasting so it's fasting it humbles ourselves and i just want to think about the psychology of that um i try to do it sort of like a a logic so i've put down numbers five six seven eight that's because i'm not very good at um formatting word documents um i only realized after i i do know how to change it uh um, restart bullets at one. I do know. Um, but uh, so you should read one, two, three, four, not five, six, seven, eight. Um, but this is the sort of psychology of fasting. So, number one, um, fasting means a non eating, it starts with a non eating. I guess a non eating in itself is just a dieting, but Christian fasting, it starts with a non eating. And that non eating leads to a, a hunger pang, you know, just maybe a couple of hours after you normally eat, oh, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. There's a pain in your stomach. Um, I need food. That's what that, that's what's going on in your, uh, your 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 brain. I need food. Um, and that act of needing, say I need, leads us to humility, because we say I am not autonomous, or we realise we're not autonomous. Now, I guess very often we would say, um, well, I am autonomous. I've earned enough money uh, so that I can go downstairs and have a snack, have a piece of toast, have a whatever your uh, snack of choice is, a bit of cake. Um, but it should lead a Christian to humility, because even if we can go downstairs and snack, we realise all these things, the ingredients of these things, they're not from us, are they? We, we cannot make wheat and barley grow. We can't do it. We can sort of help with the conditions. God, in his grace, has enabled us to be part of the world that um, helps the conditions for things to grow. But a world completely without us, it would still grow food, and we cannot control the rain. We cannot control the harvest. So we remembered as we hunger, we are not autonomous. I am not autonomous. And that humility then should lead us to think, I need God to meet my physical needs. I can't meet them myself. I need, food is something outside of me 
that I need. Even the most able, rich person needs something outside of themselves to meet their physical needs. But then what's more, it reminds us that we need God to meet our spiritual needs as well. The, the physical hunger remind, or the physical need reminds us of a spiritual need. The physical hunger that's met by food reminds us of a spiritual hunger or a spiritual need that's met by God. And that humility should then lead us to look to God and to look to God in prayer. And the last thing we would think is, I will ask God to help me. So as we reach hunger, that the hunger panic arrives, we're right. We go through the steps, we realise our humility, we realise our need for God, and it leads us then to say, I will ask God to help me. Now, just something I've thought of since last week, because I've thought about this a bit more. Note the positive use of food in the Lord's Supper. So the eating in the Lord's Supper, as we'll do today, the physical act of eating, eating, I know it's not sort of like an actual meal. I guess the early Christians would have experienced as an actual meal. Um... Like we actually have one of our meals. It's not one of our meals, is it? I imagine most people are not sort of not having lunch because we had the Lord's Supper today. Um, but it's, uh, it's the early Christians um, often would have done that. It was actually one of their meals. But it's the act of eating uh, food and the act of drinking uh, wine reminds us that God is, as, as, as our physical needs are met, reminds that God meets our spiritual needs. There's a sense in which it's the inverse of the Lord's Supper. Now, don't, um, don't quote me on that. I'm being recorded. It's going up on the internet. Um, but the, the, the point is, you see, there's a relationship between our hunger and our being fed that reminds us of our need for God and God meeting our needs. Uh, now, just put briefly, fasting is expected by Jesus. We've covered this sort of stuff already. So what I want to do, I just want to um, uh, go, go into some discussion. There are four questions there. I want us to discuss them on our tables and we'll feedback after each question, okay? So how would you respond to the following person? Um, for, for, sorry, how would you respond to the following reasons not to fast? Okay, reason number one is I'm not going to fast because fasting is legalistic. Okay, discuss that in your tables. Um, you might not know what legalistic means. If you don't know what legalistic means, I suspect someone on your table does. Uh, so maybe work out what that means and then discuss it, okay? What would you say to that person? Have a chat. I'll give you... Um, Two minutes. Okay, any, anyone got any... Um, what would you say to someone um, who says, I'm not going to fast because fasting's legalistic? I've definitely heard this said. Um, what, what, what sort of things might you say or what, what, what sort of elements might come into an answer? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really helpful, isn't it? I, I've got my, all my reasons why it's wrong, but actually much important... When you disagree with someone, it's really good to understand them. Well, that's an act of love, isn't it? Thanks, Emily. Yeah. Um, Can I just... Uh, Ethan's always getting stuff wrong. I don't want to embarrass you. Go on, Ethan. Go on, Ethan. Okay, go on. We'll be the judge. Yeah, 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 no, it's very helpful. Yeah, you're right, that was helpful. Thanks very much, Mandy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, I, think, I, I think he was pointing to you, Alex, so I'm going to... 
Um, um, I, I, similar to what you said, like, if, if you don't want to do that, because that, if you don't want to pass because it's legalistic, you think it's legalistic, then does that mean that you don't want to follow any of any of those rules? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, see, we can do legalistic things. We can do. We can make anything legalistic. It doesn't mean the thing's inherently bad. Um, so yeah, it's it's worth acknowledging, isn't it? It is possible to make fasting a legalistic thing. Um, it's possible to think if I fast, then God will love me more. It's possible to think that. It's not true at all. It's possible to think that. But just because people think that in the wrong way, and of course, you know, if you are, if you know that's wrong yourself. You'll still be inclined. There's still be the, Satan would love to tempt you to think, oh, yeah, well done. You should be proud. That's, that's not what fasting is about at all. And um, it's possible to fast in a legalistic way. Um, and others may fast in a legalistic way. It doesn't mean that you have to. Um, and again, I think it's really helpful um, what you guys, I guess, very similar point, really, is would, would you stop going to, would you say to someone, so say, I'm, I'm feeling a bit legalistic about going to church, would you, would you advise someone, I'll stop coming to church then? I think my prayers are legalistic, stop praying. Um, my loving people is really legalistic, stop doing that for sure. You wouldn't do that, would you? So the answer to legalism is not to stop doing the thing, but it's starting, it's to remember God's grace. It's to remember that he loves us uh, because he's gracious. He loves us through Jesus Christ. Um, I mean, I just don't, how could you fast in a legalistic way? I mean, something that struck me, this could be an example. Imagine you're fasting, you've you've set apart, say, Tuesday for fasting, or Tuesday lunch you've decided to fast. And then uh, someone, um, you hear about someone in church who's going through a very rough time, and uh, you go around to visit them, and say, I'm so glad you're here because I just really want to chat to someone. Would you, you know, share this pizza with me? So, no, I'm fasting. I'm sorry. I mean, that's not a very loving thing to do, is it? Just forget the, fa- forget the fast for that moment. Love that person. I mean, um, because I guess that's how often how we know if we're being legalistic or not. Legalism is all about us and our standing with God. Um, but if we're loving, it's maybe likely we're not going to be being legalistic in our outlook to that thing. Okay, let's go to the second one. I'm not going to fast from food. We, we cover this briefly next week. I do want to chat about it a bit more. I'm not going to fast from food. But I'm going to fast from Netflix, I'm going to fast from Facebook, I'm going to fast from chocolate. Um, and by the way, these aren't all necessarily wrong. I think it's easy to think, oh yeah, these are all wrong. Um, have a chat about that second objection. What do you think? Anyone want to um, respond to this objection to not fasting? Okay. Okay. Just, do you want to say it again? Just shout out, Peter. Uh, we don't really need any of those things that are listed in the same way as we need food. So it's not quite, it's not quite the same. Yeah. Yeah, they're more wants and desires rather than needs. They don't quite humble us in quite the same way. Yeah. I think there's certainly something in that. Anyone else? But he is my Facebook friend. No, he's not my Facebook friend. Yeah. 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 Thanks so much. And it's interesting, isn't it, that um, in the scriptures, if you look at fasting, it's always talking about food, well, food or food and drink, um, but it's always talking about food. Yeah. Any. Anyone? Uh, what, what about then? Are, is it bad to abstain from, uh, you know, Netflix, Facebook, chocolate, coffee, whatever? Chris, you've I been pointed. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. It's, it's good to show that we need a reliance on God, not a reliance on 
Facebook or chocolate coffee. So we're almost have addiction to those things. It's good for yeah. us to yeah yeah and I think that's right these I, I can't remember who raised it last week but the, I think these things are really really good things to do to if, if something is controlling you it, sometimes the only way to de- deal with it is just to stop it for uh, a month two months uh, whatever it might be um, you know Jesus says um, uh, what well, uh, you know Paul says flee from sexual immorality as in just run flee I mean we should just flee from sin shouldn't we and if these things have become sin to us because they've become our saviour, then absolutely let's um, run away from them. There, there is one thing, one, uh, I, I say nothing's ever called fasting in the Bible, but there is one thing in the Bible we're called not to do and instead pray. I don't know if you know what that is. Anyone guess what that is? I think some of you may be a bit embarrassed to say. Uh, it's sex. So 1 Corinthians 7 talks about sex, but even then it's not talking about how should I... Um, desire God more how how should I fast but the question there is could there be any good reasons for not having regular sex in a marriage and Paul says well I guess you could pray but otherwise no in other words it's talking about a slightly different thing it's not talking about how do you desire God more so those things I think we want to say they're really great things to do if something is controlling you or you're addicted to something or I've got a good friend he's a minister actually and he just he has a really bad habit with chocolate it is his comfort when he's stressed he just eats loads and loads of chocolate and um he just knows that it's just not healthy not because chocolate's bad chocolate's great i hope you all enjoy good uh, dairy milk sometimes but for him it's become a dependency and so really good so actually i don't want to be dependent i don't want anything to master me that's a more scripture i think about it great okay next one uh, i'm not going to fast i'm physically weak or i'm ill have a chat about that Okay, let's draw together. Uh, go on then. How, how would you respond to this um, reason why someone's given not to fast? What would you say? Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. I think that's it. <laughs> You're like, aha, well, let me assess your reasons. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Um, a bit more about why. Why, um, why not fast when you're ill or weak? Yeah. I know I can't do so without food, and that could be yeah. something to show your dependence on your humanity yeah. um, and it's almost proud to kind of it's, it's almost the reverse yeah. fast in the face of your physical weakness yeah yeah, it's interesting, we're doing in our confession table, looking at Psalm 32, and um, David talks about being humbled by his physical, by, God has actually made him physically ill, and we, of course we're not drawing that parallel by saying every time we're ill, God has, God is uh, deliberately humbling me, I mean everyone becomes ill all the time, but when we are ill, it, it, yeah, exactly that, we, we see our need for God more. And again, sort of fasting is for our blessing, isn't it? Fasting is to bless us, it's, it's not another burden um, to add um, okay, final one. Um, I'm not going to fast because I don't fully understand fasting yet. Um, have a chat. Just 30 seconds on that one. Okay, let's uh, gather together. Um, any, any answers to this one? Jake, looks like you want to say something. I, I, I don't think we fully understand most things that God has given us blesses. Like, I don't know, while listening to a sermon, 
in my ears. Yeah. Me good. Why, why I'll be thinking about this. I'm preaching this morning. I'll be looking at you going. Yeah. 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 It's true. Yeah. We don't understand everything that God has given us because it's God and mysterious. Yeah. I mean, if we only. I mean, let's think about baptism. I mean, if you. If you if you go away to study for ministry, for instance, you'll probably spend an awful lot of time uh, thinking about what baptism does and when it should happen and why it should happen. But it's the first thing you do in the Christian life, isn't it? I mean, you're not really going to understand it particularly well. Hopefully, um, if you go to uh, a decent church, um, hopefully here, we'll explain it to you in a way that you can understand. But certainly there's a lot more to understand about it than you can probably grasp um, initially. Yeah, but you wouldn't say don't get baptised if you don't yet understand it. I think another thing, prayer. I mean, who can really hold together God's sovereignty and his preordaining all things to happen with he answers our prayers as well? I mean, it's just, you know, but of course we still pray, yeah. Okay, well, listen, let's turn over the page. Um, uh, just want to give a, an important sort of caveat or note on fasting. And fasting, we'll talk about fasting always goes with prayer, we'll think about that in a second, but fasting does not mean that we're more likely to have prayers answered. And I think that was something, um, in particular when we were in the Gamba, we probably saw that instinct in ourselves and also in the people we were around. There was this, God's not answering our prayers because we're not fasting enough. That is, God does not answer prayers on the basis of our goodness or on our fasting. Um, God answers our prayers through the Lord Jesus Christ. That is how we have access to God. Ephesians 2 verse 18, for through Christ we have access in one spirit to the Father. The Lord Jesus Christ is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He's our great high priest. He has us on his heart and because he's there, we're there. Because he's interceding for us, that is why our prayers are answered. Again, Hebrews 4, 14 to 16. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Um, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The writer of the Hebrews is not saying have confidence that you can approach God because you fast. He's saying have confidence to approach God because Jesus has ascended into the heavens and he is there for you. Okay, that is our confidence in our prayer. So um, fasting does not mean we're more likely to have our prayers answered. But if we're doing fasting right at all, fasting does mean we're more likely to pray. Um, I mean, not necessarily, but it, the point of fasting is that we've decided to spend some time praying uh, more so than we might ordinarily. Fasting is not a normal thing to do. It's an exceptional thing to do. And at that point, we're saying, I'm going to pray more. I'm going to be more dependent on God. And of course, the more, the more we pray, the more prayers can be answered. Um, again, James says, uh, you do not have because you do not ask. And therefore, the more we ask, the more prayers can be answered because the more prayers we're praying. Okay, here's some guidance on how to fast. And I'm rattle through this very quickly. Um, fasting always goes with prayer. Um, so fasting without prayer, fasting without looking to God, fasting without dependence is dieting. Now, it is okay to diet. It's completely cool to diet. I'm obviously we could overdo it, but it's okay to diet. It's okay to be a healthy person. But if you're dieting, let's just call it dieting. Let's not sort of 
start on the 5-2 diet and go, yeah, I'm fasting. You know, well, don't talk about your fasting at all, but don't even tell yourself that you're fasting if that's what you're doing. Okay, so fasting always goes with prayer. That's the point of fasting. It's to lead us into communion uh, with God. Uh, Second thing, freedom in fasting. Now, the Bible doesn't say how often we should fast. Uh, It doesn't say how long we're to fast for. I guess the one thing I'd say about fasting is that you've got to fast long enough um, that there is a hunger pang of some degree. So you can't say I'm going to fast between midnight tonight and six o'clock tomorrow morning. You can't fast between like 11 and 1. That's not a fast because you obviously wouldn't um, normally eat then um, anyway. And because there's freedom in fasting, um, you know, my recommendation, this is, um, you know, not from the Lord, but my recommendation is that you start small. Fasting is actually quite hard to do. Missing a meal is hard to do. So you start small. And again, when we went to the Gambia, our, um, my, well, my boss and our principal, he said, um, he declared, how, how long was it? It was like a six-week fast or something. Honestly, I thought, I thought what, are we going to die? You know, what's going on? <laughs> and then I chatted to him a little bit more. He, he did sort of articulate a bit more. What he meant was actually... Um, I want everyone to fast for some of the day for six weeks. And then I, I mean, he obviously saw the terror in my face. <laughs> and he just he said, no, just, just do what, if you're not used to fasting, that's fine. Just maybe just miss a meal. Miss a meal on a Tuesday or something like that. I don't know why I keep saying Tuesday, but just miss a meal. Miss a meal. And actually, um, <clears throat> what you find is um, the more you fast, the more you want to fast because you realise the blessing in it. But don't think, right, oh, I've got to go for 40 days without a drink or water. I don't want to have your um, death on my hands. Um, Next thing, um, plan the when for praying. So if you're going to fast, it's easy to plan the when for fasting, but plan the when for praying as well. So maybe, I mean, the most obvious thing to do is when you were going to eat, um, say you can have 20 minutes for lunch, we'll set aside that 20 minutes for prayer um, instead. Um, but also you'll find, just, be, just remember that when you're hungering um, throughout the day, I mean, uh, again, the Christian life isn't sort of we live ordinary life and then we spend a time of praying, we live an ordinary life, then we spend a time praying. You know, Psalm 1 talks about the, the godly person who meditates on the Lord day and night. I think by implication, just, just all the time, as, as you're going through your, um, your work or your home, whatever you might be doing, you're constantly meditating on the Lord and, and speaking to him as you do things. And so I think it's good, you know, I, I find it helpful when, you, when you're missing a meal, pray then, but also just be attuned to the fact that when you are hungry, you're hungry because you're, hungry you're fasting, that you need God. And just, you know, I guess what we call arrow prayers, just ping off, you know, um, prayers throughout the day. But do plan the when for praying. Certainly, um, it can be possible uh, to have a fast and you're like, oh, I've got an extra half an hour for lunch. And you just work all the way through. And spiritually, you're just not attuned to the fact that you are fasting for a reason. Uh, plan the what for praying. Again, fasting doesn't need to be triggered um, by a particular event. Uh, by a particular event, so you could fast um, regularly, again once a month, whatever it might be. Um, but when you fast, do you consider your spiritual needs? <clears throat> so it might not be you; might be a particular spiritual need for you, or it could be a friend. And I guess the things that typically come up in the scriptures: why do people fast? Um, I think maybe two or three reasons I see particularly. One is um, fasting for repentance, so a particular prayer for God's mercy. Um, a second thing is um, we see when there's a particular need. So again, Nehemiah, he finds out um, about the wall around Jerusalem 
and he prays. There's a, there's a particular need because Jerusalem has, has fallen apart and he's devastated. And then thirdly, we sometimes see prayer for um, guidance as well. So um, all those sorts of things um, could be a, a material need you might have. It could be for your health, it could be for finances. You might be in trouble or danger, or, or that might be the scenario for someone you know. It could be for particular wisdom that you need. Um, again, either you or a friend. Um, it could be wisdom for a work situation. It could be wisdom for um, a long-term decision. Um, thirdly, this is... Oh, sorry, not thirdly. Fifthly... Fifthly, could be um, uh, the fifth principle we've got down here is fast in secret. I guess it's about the only thing any Christian does know about fasting. Um, But do fast in secret. It doesn't mean you can never talk about fasting. Again, it's not like you can never talk about praying or never talk about giving money. But the point is, it's between us and the Lord, or you and the Lord. Um, So fast in secret, you're not to brag about fasting. And if when we fast... We do let it known, however subtly it might be, and people are like, oh, wow, you're a pretty hardcore Christian. Just remember that that feeling you get is the only benefit you're getting from fasting. Because, uh, and, and it's just so pointless. It's so pointless uh, to live a life for the, for the uh, approval of others. That is not what uh, life's about. Approval comes and goes. The only one whose approval who's mat- who matters is God. And again, if you find yourself, um, <clears throat> your fasting is all about letting other people know, then you're probably not actually fasting. <clears throat> Uh, and finally, fast together. I mean, how can you fast in secret if you're going to fast together as a church? I mean, obviously you can't, but um, how might you do this? Again, you might fast as a... Um, as a oh, I've just put down a couple of references. This is when the, uh, the apostles or the elders fast. They, they do it together. Again, seems to be a time of um, need. They're fasting where should the gospel go or who should they set aside? And how might... What it look like? Again, you, you might fast as a family. Um, I wouldn't say particularly... Again, someone might have more wisdom on this than I would, but I wouldn't particularly sort of insist that your um, children fast. Um, but I wouldn't insist they don't either. I just think it's, it's quite complex. But m- maybe as a, a married couple have got grown-up children, you might fast together. If you live with Christian housemates, you might decide it's something you want to do together. Um, husband and wife do it together. And I guess, you know, doing things together in the Christian life is always easier, isn't it? And it's always an encouraging thing to do. And it's not like we're accountable to each other, but if you fast together, you're more likely to do it. And, and of course, you can pray together then as well, an encouraging time. And you might do it as a group of friends. Um, if you've got a particular Christian group of friends, I guess, or particularly as a small group, you might decide maybe on... Um, come, I think it's Tom Isla. I don't think he's here. He was suggesting that when it was his turn to... Um, have hospitality on growth group that he call a fast for that day um, but one thing that you might do actually is and the day your growth group meet or sorry not your growth group what do we call them community group meets you might fast that day and break fast together that might be a good thing to do again the person on the cooking rotor that day will think oh crumbs uh, people will be hungry <clears throat> again we might fast as a church not my and have the authority to call a church fast but we might I mean we could for instance decide you know we we're desperately in need for our own uh, church building permanently. Um, let's fast that the Lord would give us an opportunity. Or, may, or we, meet, we might decide uh, we desperately need to up our game evangelistically. We, don't, we, we lack compassion. We don't have any non-Christian contacts. Let's pray that the Lord would give us more evangelistic zeal or, or, or whatever it might be in our Christian life. So that could be a thing good to do. But again, when we're fasting together, we've still got to remember that there's freedom in fasting. We can't compel others uh, to join in. And, um, yeah, I think great to break a fast together if that's possible.
Uh, okay, I've just got two discussion questions at the end. Um, let's just take two minutes on this. Um, I won't t- take too much feedback on these. But um, if you decided to fast once between now and Christmas, I guess that's about seven <coughs> weeks today, when do you think you could do it? I'm not asking you to uh, make a commitment to your table, let's fast. But when do you think, might, if you just, let's just think practically, when could I do it? You might think, oh, next week, or you might think um, a particular time. And then the flip side of the coin, when do you think will be a particular bad time to do it? Um, is, there, is there any obvious time you think, actually, that would be a really stupid time to fast? Why don't we discuss that on tables for just, just one minute, I'll give you. Okay, let's, um, let's draw it together. Just uh, feedback on the second question. Can anyone think of a particular bad time to fast? Yeah. 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 It's really important to remember, isn't it? The two most important commandments: love God and love your neighbour. And we don't love God in such a way that we don't love our neighbour. Yeah, that would definitely be right. Yeah. Any others? I mean, I was thinking obvious time would be. Well, I said between now and Christmas, but I mean, Christmas Day would be an absolutely crazy day to fast. I mean, that would be really hard, wouldn't it? Um, but you know, God has given us food to enjoy, and we celebrate His goodness. I guess Sundays would be a bad day to fast, wouldn't it? It's a day of celebrate. I mean, not that you couldn't do it, but um, you know, it's a great time to meet together, the church family, and to celebrate the goodness that God has given us. Um, let's close. Anyone have any questions before we close? Just close in a couple of minutes. Any questions or comments, suggestions? No, so, so there, there have been times um, when the elders in our denomination have chosen to, to fast and pray because there are certain situations. So just, just to kind of share that in terms of yeah. Yeah, that happens at the presbytery level. Yeah, great. Yeah. Could you repeat that for the recording? I missed all the questions last week. You want all the questions from last week. Oh, right. Well, Sorry. Yeah, got, got it. Got it. So, so um, it wasn't a question. It was a comment. And the comment was that um, in the IPC, our denomination, that sometimes the elders have fasted because there's been a particular need in the denomination, I guess, on a church level or a denomination level, where they thought, actually, this is a really good... It'll be good for us to fast. In other words... Um, uh, yeah, I think what Matt's trying to say is I'm not introducing some crazy new teaching to uh, Christchurch Central Leeds. It's it's uh, denominational uh, approved. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to close us in prayer and we'll uh, get ready for the service. Father in heaven, we want to hunger for you more. We want to be those who pray more. We want to be those who are totally dependent on you and so secure in you because you meet all our needs, both physical and spiritual father help us we pray to desire you more help us to be more prayerful as individuals help us to be more prayerful as a church and we pray father that we father that we wouldn't be afraid to put into practice uh, a practice like fasting just because uh, we don't want to feel any discomfort father help us to be bold for you and please show us the blessings of fasting that we might have a closer communion with you a closer fellowship with you and that we might know your goodness in many answers to prayer. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.